cliffcentral.com. How's it, everyone? Brett Levy back with Futurology and uh, what's becoming regularly, which I'm really happy about, is Brett Lindsay's here with me today as well. How's it? How's it? B1 and B2 are back in the house. Yep. So we have got an amazing show today. I uh, really think you guys are going to enjoy the topic. Um, but as usual, before we get into it, uh, this week's uh, app that I found or came across, nothing really new. Um, it's, it's been out for a while, but I only really stumbled across it recently. It's called Moments. And what it does is, you know, when you've gone out for a jol or you, you know, you, you're sitting with Granny's 80th birthday and everyone's taking pictures, um, you always land up saying, you know, will you send those to me? And Brett, uh, when you and I have gone out, uh, we've definitely not remembered to do so. No, yeah. So what Moments does <laughs> is you log into Moments and then you find the people that you were with and you request the photos and it brings up the photos that they've taken. So you can actually request them and they can send them to you so you now have proper copies of it. So another photo app. Um, but yeah, I thought, thought one that was no pretty No need cool. to remember anything. Just stay drunk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> click, click. So, and we'll get to staying drunk and what that does later. <laughs> Just to remember, you want to chat to us on air, it's 0861-555-189. You can follow us on Twitter at cliffcentral.com, on WeChat and Facebook as well. So, today's show, we are going to be talking to Candace Sutherland from SHA. And um, Candace is here to talk about two really interesting topics. One is cybercrime, and the other is the dark web. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, So before we say hello to Candice, guys, just to clarify the dark web, this is not when you're sitting in the room in the dark doing things you shouldn't be doing. Okay, that's perfectly fine. Candice, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Cool. So um, I think just to put us into the picture, I mean, we're talking about two things that are probably related, but separate and there's two different markets or people or environments that that these will have relevance to um tell us what you do and and how you do it and and why you're here sure so i work for a company called sha which is stalker hutchison admiral and we sell a cyber insurance policy through a broker so we are the underwriters of that policy so i want to take a step back and just define cybercrime because i think it's quite important because people think cybercrime is credit card fraud and it's so much broader than that so the actual definition of cybercrime is it's any unauthorized access to interference with fraud and forgery of any data and if that happens on a computer or a network, that is considered cybercrime. Okay. So, wow, that was a lot to take in. So basically, if you push buttons on keyboard or touch screen and do things you're not supposed to be doing with information you're not supposed to have, mm-hmm. that's cybercrime. Exactly. Okay, it cool. also extends to physical paper paperwork as well. So if I steal your ID book and I use that to commit identity theft against you, then that's also cybercrime. All right. So that. That's probably why people think then about credit cards exactly. being cybercrime because it's a physical item. It's yeah. going into the into the online world. Okay, got it. And it's very appropriate today because today is <coughs> Internet Safety Day. Wow! I mean, how appropriate! I hope the producers are listening. I mean, look yeah. at the research we, yes, did. we did. Internet well, Safety Internet Day. Safety that day. Did not just on air, out of you know, I mean, really, sure. But now I don't think many people know about Internet Safety Day. So no. the the big reason is. People need to know to keep their information safe. Exactly. And um, 
how can they go about doing that? Sure. So I think the purpose of Internet Safety Day was actually created for children to educate children on the dangers of cybercrime. Because what we're finding globally and in South Africa is that you'll get a 10, 11, 12-year-old girl taking naked photos of herself and sending it to older boys at school or posting it online. And they don't have the cognizance to not put their face, their actual face in. Or they will check in. I mean, teenagers check in every single place that they go. Say, I'm going to Mozambique, can't wait for the next 10 days of you know, booze and beach and babes. And the reality is what you're telling somebody is that I'm not going to be at home. My house is going to be empty for the next 10 days. Go ahead. Or they'll take a photo with their license plate in. And Internet Safety Day is just about educating the youth on the dangers of living your life online. I think, though, I mean, just to jump in there, and and I agree with that. I mean, I'm a father, and and I'm watching how my son is starting to play on on tablets. And, uh, you know, he just just Google it, Dad, or you'll find it here. But, you know, yes, I understand the need for children, but but there's a lot of adults out there that are doing some stupid things. I mean, exactly. you've just mentioned, too, the license plate story, mm. and, and I'm guilty of this. Mm. You know, I'm going to post, um, I'm going here and here. In fact, you know, I'm, I'm going to be overseas. No, I know I'm going to post on Facebook. Yeah. It's going to say, Brett's here. Um, everyone in the world now knows I'm not here, as in South yeah. Africa. You know, so I'm opening myself up to a, a lot of problems. Yeah. Yeah, the thing is, people love posting. You know, you can't have a cup of coffee from Mug and Bean unless you tell Facebook about it. It doesn't taste that good. You have to check in when it's legs day at gym. And the reality about living your life online (laughs) is that brings dangers. Um, They had an excerpt on um, Carte Blanche where they're saying that poachers are trolling the internet trying Mm -hmm. to find pictures of rhinos because they will then geotag that rhino to that location and then hunt it, poach it, and kill it. We were talking about that, I remember. Yeah. And if you – I mean, your house does not move like a rhino does. And yeah. where do we take pictures of our children? And Facebook has a rule about not posting naked um, pictures of children. So if you take a photo of your two-year-old in the bath, you know, that's doing something silly and has bubble bath all over their face. If their private parts are showing, you are not allowed to post that on Facebook. But people do. You know, they Instagram it. They apply a filter. They send it to their auntie via mm. WhatsApp. And, I mean, without getting into the dark you know, I'm sitting and nodding my head. And yeah. I've had this chat with my wife. Yeah. And I've said to you know, She's, her sister lives overseas and WhatsApp's pretty much the main, they have like a family or group chat. And you'll get these pictures of, of, you know, like my nephew, mm. um, with all the bits and pieces sticking out. Yeah. And yes, it's cute and he's yeah. in the bath and this, but like you're saying, it's probably a criminal offense to have that content on my phone. Well, you know, and I keep saying, don't send this stuff. Yeah. You know, I don't, and even worse, I could be sitting in a meeting. Um, a, a WhatsApp comes through on a, or a Facebook tweet or something comes through on my phone and bang, you know, it, it opens and there's the previous message and mm. I've got a picture of a child. Exactly. You know? Exactly. During that whole hack of iPhones, um, when all the celebrities' photos were released. iPhone could never have been hacked. Yeah. Not Apple. Um, 82% of mobile vulnerabilities that happened in 2014 were on an iPhone or iPad. Anyway, um, so during oh, that whole that. celebrity hack, um, there was a young girl named Michaela Maroney, and she's an American gymnast. And she had naked photos of herself, but she was 17 years old when she took those photos. So let's say I managed to download them. I WhatsApp one to you. I um, send one to Brett. I put it on Instagram. I put it on Facebook. If you like or share that photo, you are guilty of distributing child pornography. That's what the law says. Because wow. she was underage when she took that photo. So, I mean, effectively, the message to everyone is if you think it might offend, if mm. you think it could be wrong, and by definition of wrong is, is don't look at it as your child or yeah. even your body. I mean, let's be honest. 
guys, you don't need to be taking naked pictures exactly. of yourself and sending them around the world. Yeah. It's, you know, once, and, and let me ask you a question now, cause I've said it often and people are like, Oh, I don't know. If something goes online, mm. you never you cannot get it off Thank ever. Thank you. Okay. So, so let's mm. chat about Tinder for a second, which is a dating app. And if you are, have you used Tinder? Next. Yes. Okay. Next. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you are on Tinder and you have naked pictures, for me to actually find who that true person is is very easy because it will say what your name is, your age, and any friend that I have associated. So, if your name happens to be Mike, for example, but I'm friends with ten people that you're friends with, and you have a naked photo. I can go search through my friends list and I can find who the real person is. Even if you're using a pseudonym or it's not your proper profile picture, you know, you may have an identifying mark like a tattoo or a body piercing in that picture. Or I can ask my friend, hey, do you know who this person is? So posting naked pictures is always a bad idea. It's just, it's so silly in this day and age. And and that's a problem with these young girls and guys that are doing it. You know, um, they, they don't know not to put their face in it. And once that's there, that's there for life. 100%. 100%. You know, you say young girls, and I'm glad you said, and guys. You know, guys are like, oh, it's cool. You know, do a brown out the window and blah, blah, yeah. blah. The problem is they are going to grow up eventually. I mean, some of us never do. Hey, Brett. But, <laughs> but I'm just really <laughs> glad that Facebook did not exist in the 80s. Myself, I'm <laughs> really glad. Yeah, um, yeah what happened uh, <laughs> offline stays <laughs> offline. <clears throat> but uh, what I was getting to is that these varsity students, because mm. I mean, that's probably the big category. The guys that are coming out of school or, yeah. or going into varsity, <clears throat> they, they're going to get a job one day. Exactly. They're going to go for an interview. Mm. You know, um, people are going to see mm. and research them yeah. and go back well, in time. Exactly. Part of the recruiting process, good due diligence, is to check that person's social media accounts, not just their CV, because I can type whatever I please. Correct. On my CV, I can fake qualifications. I can say I've had you know amazing work experience and put my best friend's number as my reference. But my social media account will tell the truth. Am I the kind of person that is drunk every night in a club taking off my clothes and puking yeah. everywhere? Are you? Um, only on a Friday night <laughs> acting, acting the fool You know Because that To a prospective employer Is an important thing Because it tells Same. you Yeah People in a boardroom Sitting across from each other And people who live their Lives online It's very very different people Well I mean I, I don't know which app it is Brett I don't know if you've come across it But It was on one of my devices if You can link LinkedIn To your calendar function It might even be a Gmail plugin um, And When you set a meeting with someone it actually pulls their LinkedIn profile. Mm. So now you've got a yeah. picture. You know, when you walk into him, you, you can say, hey, that's Candace. Yeah. yeah. But more importantly, it's their LinkedIn profile. So mm. now you can start to read up about these people. Exactly. Now, the same applies to Facebook. And yeah. I actually had that instance. I worked for a brand. I, I did work for a brand. The person that I reported to at that specific company wasn't the greatest person. Mm. He was okay. But we had a... We had a mutual friend through a friend. It was mm. one of those, like, okay. you know, your third level. Yeah. And I saw a photo of this person doing something that there is no way in hell they would have wanted, yes. A, a supplier, or B, anyone in their professional mm. network to see. Yeah. And it popped up on my Facebook page without me doing anything. Yeah. You know? Um, so that was that was quite an interesting revelation. And I think it was at that moment that I might have even turned the corner on Facebook. I still say things I probably shouldn't. Mm. We all do. It's yeah. anger, it's frustration. Um, but the bottom line is, is if it goes online, mm. someone's going to see it. Exactly. Someone's going to find it. Exactly. Okay. And so I, I don't want to bore people on Poppy. On Poppy okay. okay. But I think that's where this 
this piece of machinery that we've all been talking about. And I think, you know, the biggest problem with South Africans and the complacency, and that's why I wanted you to come on, on today, mm. is we had the CPA. We were threatened with all kinds of things. I don't really know of, and I haven't really heard of anyone actually winning anything mm. substantial in the CPA. So I think from a lot of businesses' point of view, they're going, well, eh, poppy, yeah. CPA, same thing. Yeah. Is that a stupid I think it is. I mean, poppy is happening, whether we like it or we don't. And although it was enacted in November 2013, it's now, you know, February 2016, and we still don't have a regulator. But very basically, what the Protection of Personal Information Act says is that if you are a custodian of somebody's information, so you receive a client, a supplier, um, you know, you're interviewing somebody. If you receive that person's information, you have a mm. legal obligation to protect that information. Yeah. And if you don't, for whatever reason, and it could be something as simple as your laptop being stolen from your car, you misplace your cell phone because it's Friday night and, you know, you're at a club or whatever the situation is. If your client's information is on that device and that device goes missing, you are liable for a 10 million rand fine. Wow. And if you can't ten pay 10 million, million rand, you will go to jail it's for still 10 with years. A m- so it's okay. Mm. Mm, 10 million. million rand. Million, yes. And so if you don't have 10 million rand, you will go to jail but for I don't 10 have years. 10 million rand. Then you so will go, you to go to jail. Yeah. Wicked. Is the internet connectivity in jail? <laughs> <laughs> that would be the irony of that thing. Just keep exactly. doing what you're doing. Yeah. But so there's a responsibility then on the business side of it for the people asking for information. Yeah. But then there's. Just as much responsibility to the people giving the information. Absolutely. So on, on a lot of these apps, I mean, on Facebook and on Messenger and stuff, there is the T's and C's. I mean, yeah. anybody with an iPhone has got T's and C's. But but do they read it? Anything that takes longer than 10 seconds to read and has an OK button pretty close exactly. to the mouse is click. Exactly. And I'm done. So who's really at fault at that point? Yeah. So that's that's for the regulator to actually determine, and that's why you have a regulator that will be appointed. The reality is, as a business owner, it is actually a better business decision for that CEO or that MD to fire the employee that's facing the fine than it is to fight it with them. Mm. Because if you employ a 100 people or a 1,000 people, you can't pay for one and not pay for the other. So people don't read T's and C's. And typical social engineering, the easiest way for me to try and guess your password is for me to create some silly little Facebook app like let me try and guess your um, porn star password. So what is your first name? What is your mother's maiden name? And what year were you born? Yeah, subtle. So Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Because what are our security questions? What is your mom's maiden yeah. name? Yeah. So social engineering is very clever. Very, well, very clever. I mean, we, we, we work on a, on a philosophy of engagement, digital engagement, and we, we believe that there's got to be value on both ends of the engagement. Mm. But sometimes people don't recognize that value. They, yeah. It's a quick, it's a quick little thing that I just need to do in order to get something that someone else has got. Yes. Um, so as much as it's people, I'd like to think that people are becoming more discerning mm. with who they give their information to. But uh, I think it's it's definitely something that requires awareness. Definitely. I mean, if you think of um, you know complexes now and even office buildings where you have to give them your driver's license to scan you in, what is that company doing with that information? I hate that. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I really is, hate yeah. that. And the reality is if I don't give it to them, I don't get into yeah. that building. So what choice do I have? Skype. I tell the client to come and see me. I am not comfortable with your security procedure. I am not coming to your office. You will come and see me. Or, you know, that's where the relationship ends. So that brings me back. I mean, if I take one step back to what you're saying now with the terms and conditions, and then let's add that to it as well, okay? The fact that these app developers, and I mean, Brett and I build apps, Mm. so we've all done it, and you have your terms and conditions, and, you know, it's not going to change. But if you're telling me that if someone's information leaks, I'm going to jail for 10 years or 10 million rand. Mm-hmm. Then surely 
there's got to be some form of, of pushback as a consumer that goes back onto developer X that mm. says, I'm not going to read a condition, terms and conditions that are 73,212 pages long. Yeah. And I'm just going to push accept. Yeah. Now, I know from, from even from a little bit of law background, you know, if you've accepted something, you've accepted it, you were presented it and so on and so forth. But let's be honest, no one reads those. They don't. So is the answer then A, well, don't use the phone? Is it as simple as that, that they can turn around and say, well, we've written the terms and conditions. If you mm. don't want to read them, do we have protection using machinery like Poppy or, or something mm. like that? Um, what happens in that situation? The reason for um, people doing T's and C's is for them to negate responsibility when a claim comes against them. So I can say and stand in front of the regulator and say, but you, Mr. Client, ticked yes on the T's and C's, which says I can use your information, I can distribute it, I can sell your information to whoever I please and a third party. You consented, you said yes. And that leaves the consumer in a difficult situation because nobody reads manuals, nobody reads you know, T's and C's. So it's a, a scapegoat for the company actually creating that. But you still have to take some sort of responsibility on yourself. And you don't have to know your best friend's video on Facebook that says, you know, they can use those pictures. They can sell them to whoever they please. But I just want it so badly and I just want to be cool like everybody else. So I'll put it on. And, you know, people don't, they don't think about that. They don't think about the ramifications no. because nobody in South Africa really knows about cybercrime. Mm. But Norton Semantic rated us third in the world in terms of Worst. cybercrime. Third worst in the wow. world in terms of cybercrime and malware capital. We capitals. could pay for Encantla with the kind of fines <laughs> that are in like one day. And then some. <laughs> yeah. So, so people in South Africa are not aware of cybercrime because what our legislation currently states is if you are breached, you do not need to tell anybody. So nobody thinks that it is an issue. But we are ranked third in the world. And statistically, they say one South African is a victim of cybercrime every 14 seconds. So in the time we've been in this interview, I mean, that's how many people. It's just crazy. And that's ridiculous well, considering that internet banking and all that sort of thought SSL encryption and all that yeah. sort of was born from South African exactly. development. Well, exactly. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw something even more scary today. I was driving to a meeting yesterday. I had a colleague sitting next to me, okay, and he got a, a notification <clears throat> got a notification um, that it, money's gone off his PayPal account. Mm. So oh, he I goes, that. okay, and then again, and then wow. again, oh, wow. and then and it was eleven dollars. Limits, people put limits. No, no, in place. it was yeah. eleven dollars. And again, so quickly he phoned. He made a call to his significant other. She logged on to the account and moved the money out. Okay, and momentary later, he couldn't log into his own account. Wow! And then thereafter, he got an SMS saying from from the supplier. I nearly mentioned the name here. <laughs> from the supplier saying. Um, we're so sorry to see you've closed your account. So these guys hacked his account, wow. moved funds out of his account, yeah. and then closed his account down. Yeah. We've got to phone Elon and just tell him what did something wrong. But he was just sitting there watching this happen. Yes. Now, the question is, surely that company is liable for, one, the money that he's lost. They're going to turn and say, oh, well, someone knew your password. Mm. But he's sitting next to me. I mean, he has a witness, but mm. even if he wasn't. Do they have IP tracking that says, well, this is actually happening somewhere in X mm. and you're sitting here and you can prove you're sitting here because you can subpoena cell phone records yeah. or whatever. What happens in that situation and who's liable? Yeah, it's very difficult. It's difficult to answer that question because bearing in mind, if you are any one of the banks in South Africa, can you actually afford to refund everybody that is negligent? You know, they write their ATM pins on the back of their cards. They, they take write photos it, of their credit card. Exactly. Post it online. Yeah, got my new gold card and put it on Facebook or, and they, they, 
you know, will write their ATM pin in a post-it, stick it in their purse, or they'll save. In their contact card on their exactly. phone and send it to everyone. Do you remember exactly. last week, the guy was sitting here going, and let me, when we were talking about logging into the, to Wi-Fi, and he was going, let me guess, it's with a capital this, and instead of a, an I, it's a one, and, you yes. know, yeah. so exactly. people do that. Exactly. Or, you know, they'll do silly things, just like, Brett Squared said, um, <laughs> where they would make a, a contact saying passwords. So my app says Candace 01, my Standard Bank is Candace well, 02, my Candace Facebook 01, yeah. is Candace 03. Right, Silly it. things like that, mm. you know, and, and for the bank to have to refund that person is just not possible. So the banks are doing all that they can by sending out, you know, phishing emails and setting up addresses, that sort of thing. So who it actually comes down to, that's what, that's what you have to prove. Yeah. Was Who's I negligent? Or, exactly. Yeah. Did I let that information out or did somebody manage to put, you know, um, a key logger on my cell phone yeah. when I was logging into my bank. And that sort of thing takes forensic investigations and that's mm. expensive. I mean, but that opens the door then to these third party apps, like dare I say it, the Ubers and the mm. Zappers and all those things where you've, you've, you've done your credit card scan yeah. and you've done your one time access. Now that, that I don't need to do that repeatedly. I just scan. Exactly. And, and just and explain that. I mean, what do we, you know, we, we've mentioned Uber and, and Zapper, which are two big brands. Mm. So do you want to, Sure. So um, Zapper is a, an app that you download on your phone. So right. if you want to go to a coffee shop, you would oh, just scan the code. The QR codes exactly, and, yeah. exactly. Snap scan, um, Uber, everybody knows what Uber is. The danger with something like that is that I'm not get it, giving any authorization besides the first time that I actually sign up mm. for that. So if I had to take one of your cell phones right now, dash out of, you know, Cliff Central, I can go to any place that's using Zapper, use your cell phone and just scan that code. It's People are not aware of the fact that, you know, if your wallet is stolen and statistically they say it will take a man, so no offense to anybody, this is just the stat, it will take a male an average of three days to realize their wallet is gone and 2.5 hours to realize their cell phone is missing. Never. I have no idea where my wallet is right now. Okay, so the wallet, the wallet I could tell you, my wife took it or just emptied it, so I don't care. But I wouldn't go anywhere without my cell phone. But this but, is yeah. the thing, you know, you, you're in yeah. interview now, so your cell phone could be at a lock, it could no. be anywhere. So <laughs> if somebody takes that device, if I take that device right now and, you know, people know that if your wallet is stolen, you call the bank, you stop mm. your cards. Right. But you have a remote wipe feature that a lot of people don't know about and it's yeah. the exact same concept. If my Samsung device, my iPhone, my Blackberry, whatever device it is, if that goes missing, I can log on or get somebody to sure. log on for me and wipe remote wipe that. Mm. And that will save me for apps it's like not just Uber. to get rid of the uh, pictures of the well, wife or that the family well. or those are the cloud. <laughs> but yeah. but he has an interesting question and i mean i know you you might not necessarily be a banking expert but yeah. but let me let me wear the cap for the banker for one second mm. okay and more importantly because there's people listening to the show that go yeah you see we need to stay off this internet it's I'm not put good my money under and my i'm mattress. never going online yeah. okay but you you mentioned something now if someone steals my wallet mm. and takes my credit card okay there's chip and pin so that kind of makes it a bit different. Mm. But let's say for hypothetic that the pin is there on a post-it next to the picture of the kid's face in the purse. Okay. So they steal my wallet. They run out the door and they use my credit card. I have recourse. Mm. Why should it be different then? Because the phone, um, if I have a, a lock, like a thumbprint lock if I'm using mm. that or a pin code or something, then I, as the user, should feel comfortable that Uber has my mm. details or zap. And I'm not bashing them, and I'm going to be using Absolutely. Uber again, mm. and so everyone else. But there are apps like that. Absolutely. Okay? All these apps that, as you say, you log on once, you put in your password once. Um, 
isn't it even more secure? As long as I have a PIN code on my phone, that can't be unlocked or, or fingerprint mm. or whatever it is. Well, or bearing is it- in mind that anything can be hacked, even biometrics. So sure. whether it's your retina scanner, your fingerprint, you know, anything can be intercepted. And when um, iPhone released their fingerprint scanner, I think it was out for a matter of two hours before someone had managed to overwrite that code and intercept it. So nothing is safe. All I'm saying, my point is, if you're using something that has no sort of verification or requesting you to put in a passcode it just automatically deducts money off your account be aware of that so what you can do is make sure that you monitor your account make sure that you know if you have requested uber that the correct figure goes off it's exactly the same as going to a petrol station and you know that you should spend 475 rand and you've got a, a fee of 575 rand you know so you need to be Cognizant of that and vigilant. Well, that's with your the cigarettes, bubblegum, and yeah. coke that you bought on your well, company petrol exactly. card. That's exactly. other crime. Exactly. <laughs> For the most part, though, I mean these these apps are doing a pretty good job with feedback. Absolutely. So you do get feedback sure. with a receipt. I was about to say, yeah. you get this. And then if it's not yours, there is actually a link for the most on most of these. I know Zappa d- does it, and I know Uber does it pretty quick. Yeah. Um, where you rate the driver as well, but you can also say if this isn't me. Yeah. Do it, but. Again, people need to know that they should be doing that. Exactly. Well, this is the thing. It's just about education. Internet yeah. safety day. Internet I mean, there it is. Day. And exactly. it should be every day, though, because we're becoming a connected world. Yeah. I mean, the we internet should be, of everything. Mm. You get told from a really young age, don't put your hand on the hot stove. Mm. Don't put your hand on the hot stove. And when you put your hand on it, you go, well, told you. Yeah. So, you know, we kind of need to be educating people. Now, dark web. I want to, yeah, I, you I see, you're not connected, buddy. No, you see, I was <laughs> going to say, I want to wrap up the cybercrime thing okay. with, with a statement from you, like, you know, like the do's or the don'ts or in a nutshell mm-hmm. thing before you click or whatever. Absolutely. And then let's get onto the dark web before we run out of time because sure. a lot of people are like, yeah. Awesome. Know? So in terms of cybercrime, definitely protect your personal information. Be careful of these apps. Don't give your information to anybody. And when using public Wi-Fi, be very careful. You know, when something is free, you get what you pay for. <laughs> so let's chat about dark web. Okay. Dark web, deep web. Okay. So. Coming back, we're going into it's the dark cliffcentral.com. All right, so the dark web. Yes. Okay. Dun, dun, dun. I, dun, I've got to do it again. One more time. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Luke, I am your father. No, you're not. I can prove it. Here's his face. Not, not that kind of dog. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> not bad, Brad. Okay. So I just want to put a, a, a quick intro to the dark web. And the best way I can do it, and in fact, I think, Kenneth, I got this from you listening to you speak the one time. Think of an iceberg, okay, like the one that took down the mighty Titanic. It wasn't that little 5% of ice that was sticking above the ocean. It's the 95% that was sitting below. I've been led to believe the Internet mm-hmm. as we know it is the dark web. That little place that we play on where we see Google and, and happy flowers and that, that's just the World Wide Web. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So It's not just the Internet at night. No, it's not the internet at night, and it's not uh, <laughs> during load shedding. Yeah, I think. I mean, it's it's a again, it's a buzzword. You yeah, know, people talk about the dark web. Take us through this. Give us the the real rule, and okay. definitely give us some nice juicy some stories. Scary stuff. This is Cliff Central. Okay. We want you know. No We don't part. have kids. We don't have kids sitting here. It's yeah. I mean, okay. let's let's hear about this Perfect. big evil place. Sure. So, in terms of the iceberg, what 
or normal internet, so Firefox, Chrome, Google, what that comprises is 4% of the internet. The dark web or the deep web comprises 96%. Wow. So I'm going to take it a step back and just explain in layman terms. To access the internet, you use a browser. So Internet Explorer, Chrome, Firefox is no a browser. No one uses Internet Explorer. Don't lie. Excel. Isn't it called that now? What's it called now? I don't know. Nobody, Nobody remembers. Nobody knows. If it comes with a Microsoft computer, don't use it. Download something else. So to access the internet, you have to click on, on one of those. And any website that is on one of those forms of um, browsers would have an IP address. So your IP address is your fingerprint. Every website has its unique one. Then you get the bottom 96% and you can Google information on the dark web and the sites that I'll tell you about, but you can't physically access it. Mm -hmm. So to access that, you have to build a browser. That browser is called Tor. Um, Generally, South African sites are .co.za, Americas.com, and these sites are generally .onion sites. Onion? .onion, yeah. Because of the many layers of the dark oh, okay. web. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Like a layer cake. Someone thought about it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So to, to access that, you have to build a browser. You can't just Google it and, and go in. But bear in mind that if you Google how to build a Tor browser and then install it, chances are, you know, somebody will be able to trace you through that. So disclaimer, don't Please try don't this Please don't install your, your Tor browser, Brett. Yeah. Okay. Someone Didn't even go there. Okay. Right. Yeah. Cool. Please don't try this at home. This is just informational purposes. One so, more time, disclaimer. Please do please. not try this. It's like playing Ouija <laughs> with the internet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's exactly. a great one. Exactly. Ouija with the internet. You can use that. He doesn't okay, mind. Okay, thank cool. you. So so once you manage to access these, they have a, their own search engine like we have Google and you were typing Google what you're looking for. Theirs is called Grams and you can search multiple dark websites. So... Silk Road is a site purely mm. dedicated to drugs. You can b- purchase whatever drugs you want. Generally, transactions are done in Bitcoin. So Bitcoin is a virtual form of money that is also untraceable. So if I steal your Bitcoin, if I get into your Bitcoin wallet and I steal your Bitcoin, you won't be able to to find me. How you buy Bitcoin is you use your credit card. You use your PayPal account. You go on Google and the exchange rate is about 5,900 to one. Rand. So, Yes, 5,900 rand to one Bitcoin. Okay. So if I want to purchase a passport for England, that will cost me 0.043 Bitcoin at today's rate. So it's not even a full 5,900 rand. And I can purchase a genuine person's passport that lives in, in London. And I can use that to travel. So these are 100% genuine documents. If your ID has been stolen, you've misplaced your driver's license, you've scanned it and faxed it to the wrong person back in 1996, whatever. If I manage to get hold of that document, I can recreate that and I can create a passport, um, a driver's license, an ID book, and I sell that on the dark web for a substantial amount of money. So identity theft is huge. Other sites would be Black Market Reloaded, which are sites that sell ammunition. So let's say from Brett 1, I'm purchasing an AK-47 from both of you. What I get delivered from you is a good working AK-47 and from Brett 2, a plastic toy gun. Uh-huh, These sites, you see, quality B1. Nobody knows B2. who B1 is. I'm not going to kill anybody. Neither am I just selling it. Um, how they work is purely on referrals. So if I give you a negative rating saying I got delivered a plastic toy gun, you know, chances are another purchaser will not purchase from you. So you always have so to So the be, dark police don't come and get you. No, they don't because you can't report yeah. it to anyone. And there's a very true saying about honor amongst thieves. Mm. So everybody has to be bigger, better, worse, bigger, better, cheaper. So what I mean by bigger, better, worse is if there are sites and there's thousands, millions of sites that are snuff films, which are people committing suicide or being 
people being murdered that's filmed, um, animal abuse videos, a site called Daisy's Destruction, which is 30-second video clips of a baby named Daisy, which her father took um, from age three months to age six years old, of him raping her, molesting her, torturing her, burning her, biting her, etc., etc. Uh. So if you... If you both subscribe to my site, okay. So I said let's not hold bars, yeah. but I mean, yes. wow. yeah, pull it back a little. No, bit. no, no but that's I'm, hectic. But, but this yeah. is the no thing. This knows, is the eh? reality, and this is this is a huge portion of. I mean, ninety six percent of the internet that we know is this stuff. So if I have that site and I upload wow. five videos, once you've paid to watch those five videos, there's nothing to bring you back to my site. So it always has to be bigger, better, worse. Really hectic revenge porn, rape videos, animal abuse videos, human experimentation. I mean, there's a site called um, snuff.com, you know, which you can check. And it's, it's got, you know, gross things on and pictures. Please don't try this at home. Don't check. <laughs> I yeah. think we need to make a new sting for this. Yeah, station. Should we have had a disclaimer before we started this <laughs> I interview? Told you. Okay, just, just checking. No, yeah. but I think you know it's a shock factor that we don't know about. Yeah, this. exactly. And and this is a problem with teenagers and inquisitive minds because they always want to push the boundary and they mm. hear something from their friend, so then they try access it. If you act, if you are not tech savvy enough to actually hide your steps, the NSA and the FBI will flag you for a period of twelve months. I was about months. to ask you that. Yeah. I mean, like. You, what you've told us now rocks us to the core. Exactly. How do they get away with it? Well, you're dealing with a faceless criminal, right? With no IP address, using a form of money that is untraceable. So how do you catch this person? And they're called black hats. That, yes, that's yes. what they're called. Exactly. So okay, but let's just stop there for a second so, as well. No, if your twelve-year-old comes home from school and says, "Daddy, I want to be a black hat," when I <laughs> like just right. cut it, cut it right there. Lucky no, more, no, more, no more ADSL. Yeah. Okay, but. I know about Bitcoin. Yeah. It's a recognized currency. I've yes. seen you can walk into a shop in, in London, yeah. you know, and, and buy a cup of coffee with a Bitcoin. Absolutely. It might be a fraction, but yes. you can do it. Absolutely. How do we actually, um, stop that? I, I mean, like, why do we have Bitcoins then? Surely that, if that's the route to getting to these mm. type of services, then surely the option is stop the Bitcoin or am I not? Yeah, I mean, I in an ideal world, you would be able to stop it. The internet was not created for this sort of dark web kind of behavior. And these undergrounds, which is making millions and trillions for governments, realistically, you know, they're running. I suppose they're using it to exactly. set, set a thief to catch a thief. Exactly, okay. exactly. So well, well, how do you stop that? That's that's the reality. I mean, a message has just come through here from Gab. Um, she says, what about the internet police? Who are they and why, why are they in charge? Now, I'm not sure if she's asking the question like, is that like America being Big Brother mm. or is there a thing called the, Amer- the Internet Police, which kind of goes to what I was saying. I don't think mm. there is. But more importantly, is there actually a pro to the dark web? I mean, or the yeah. deep web? Yeah, so the, the real reason for the deep web was for developers to share code, code that they didn't want to post in a public forum. So that that's why they made this anonymous form of Internet, so that they could share code with each other and trade secrets, but things that weren't illegal. But as you know, with everything, and that's you know back to the point of Bitcoin, when something is developed with good intentions, there's always a way to turn it into something bad. So the Internet police, in terms of South Africa, South Africa is really trying to get a grip on this, and this is why we trying, you know, with the cyber crimes bill, which is with parliament right now, we have the internet security hub where you can report incidents because going to your local police station and saying somebody intercepted my, um, Wi-Fi via Bluetooth and they put on a Trojan and they've stolen my Bitcoin. I mean, nobody is going to have any idea what you're actually talking about. Yeah. So we really first, are trying. First queue to the left and one form only. Exactly. 
Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, we are trying as a nation, we are trying, but you know, it's my responsibility as a South African to educate my parents. They are not from this technological world, you know, particularly my mom who doesn't even know how to use a computer. And these spam emails that my mom would fall for every single one of them. I you think know? everyone's would. Exactly. And then it goes the same way mm. to the kids as well. Yeah. I mean, did you see that TV show where this guy comes, he arranges with the parents to go and, and meet Kidnap online the, kid. yes. um, crazy. the little girl. Yeah. And they meet in a oh, park. Yeah, yeah. And, and then the he ma- and then she messages say my parents have gone yeah, out, but the, the back, parents are sitting in the back of the van. Yeah, the van, and yeah. then she gets in the car and they and they grab her. Yeah. but it's the parents. Exactly. I mean that sends a absolute shiver down. And that little girl is going to mm. land up on snuff dot no, snuff dot com or yeah. whatever. If, Daisy. If they, but if if they don't yeah. do that, I mean it's it's that's intense parenting. But mm. like my. My mum used to say, Brett, the, the stove's hot, Brett, the stove's hot. Yeah. And then one day she took my hand and just put it on the stove so she could control what was happening. And I think yeah. that's what's happened. Parents are starting to lose control over what Absolutely, is happening. Absolutely, because children think that their parents are so old that they don't know what's going on. Yeah. That they have no clue. Oh, no, it's it's uh, it, it's very scary. Um, so we don't have the Internet Police, is that correct? We have a cybersecurity hub um, that was launched Late last year, I think in November, where you can actually log calls. You can, you know, there's scam buster where you can go onto that particular site and see what scams are happening right now. But you know, scams happen all the time. You're trying mm-hmm. to buy a puppy on a website yes. and you pay Those your six. Pick up your keys yeah, exactly. that come from Cameroon. You know, exactly. <laughs> you know, it happens all the time. And for somebody, any authority, you know, to try and get every single person, it's just unrealistic, yeah. to be honest. It's, I mean, well, okay, so I don't know if I want to hear more, more of those stories <laughs> yeah. because I'm watching your face expression. It sounds like there is more and they're even worse there than is. what you've told yeah, us. Yeah, I can talk for days. Is the dark web out of control? It is. I mean, how do you control something that is anonymous? Yeah. It, you know, and this is the thing. I mean, Ashley Madison, you know, they were brought down by the impact team. I see because, their site is still up though. Yeah. Do you know that they, their membership has increased by 4 million members since the hack? Wow. It was so you know the conversation million. goes now. Bad well, publicity is good publicity. Exactly. You, you know about it. So exactly. I'm there. Yeah. Ashley Madison, what? I'm going to sign up. You know, and people say, oh, well, I used a pseudonym Mrs. Jones 69 at Gmail, so nobody's going to catch me. Yes, honey, but you used your credit card, yeah. you know, to actually register that. And that's stored by somebody somewhere in Canada that now some anonymous hacktivist team called the Impact Team has got that information. They have released that to the entire world. So now any person that finds that information can use that to commit identity theft against you. They've got your name, your ID number, your residential address, your banking details. So the ramifications of something as simple as that. So who do you hold responsible? Yeah. That's the question. So you don't have to be scared of the person looking through your window at your house. You should be worried about the person you can't see. Exactly. So I mean, you know, staying in this, in this space for all while we wrap it up. All three of us sitting here are very active online. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's, if you had to we put a scale to. of zero to ten, Maybe not we're so tense. much after this interview. Mm. But, <laughs> but this, but this is what I'm saying. I've run around like Don Quixote. You know, hell yeah, internet, internet, internet. Yeah. If it's not connected, it sucks. Mm. It's thought provoking. Mm. And I mean, if and right I sit now, down, I've got I think, paranoia, paranoia. Everybody's coming to yeah, get I know. me. I mean, I'm sitting there thinking, yeah. I know I've put my credit card yeah. on a site somewhere mm. that I wouldn't say is risque. I mean, I've, yeah. Can get it free. You, you don't know? have to pay for it. But know? I might have put on a site mm. that they've been hacked. Mm. Something else has happened. These little trickle transactions. Mm. Mm. You know, you can't stop it. Okay. Um, it, to prevent it is probably going to fall on deaf ears. Mm-hmm. Is it? And just to close it up, is it the government's responsibility then? You know, let's take North Korea. Mm. There's a great example. Yeah. I mean, 
they believe everything they told about what Kim Jong Pung, mm. whatever the hell his name is, or the funny hairstyle does. Yeah. I mean, he played golf for his first time and shot nine hole in ones. Wow. You know, yeah. But they believe it. They'll tell you that. Yeah. He's good. He's man. amazing. Is North Korea safe? Yeah. Are they safe because they're not connected? I've been to China and I wasn't allowed to use Facebook. Mm. Are they safe? Is yeah. no one safe? I, nobody is safe. And with everything moving to an online connectedness, so the internet of everything now, where you can connect your toothbrush, your dog collar, your fridge, that'll automatically order your groceries. Oh, you know, the you internet can, is coming to get you. Yeah, you can hire somebody on the dark web to intercept a dialysis machine, a pacemaker, somebody's vehicle wow. and cause them to have an accident and kill them. Yeah. So when I'm doing my presentation and I say you can hire a contract killer and people say, oh, that's so stupid. Or they're going to fly all the way here to Joburg from wherever they are. No, idiot. They're going to intercept some sort of technological advice and cause it to malfunction and kill that person. Well, that's the closing comment. I mean, I, we've run out of time. I know we're going to have a part two have to Have a this. safer internet day, everybody. Yeah. Happy have internet a, day. And just remember, keep your screens clean and your knobs shiny. Cliffcentral.com.